You're listening to the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray the message will encourage, inspire, and challenge you to experience the real Jesus. Thanks for listening. Now, let's tune in. Well, good morning, church. I said, good morning, church. You are the beloved of the king. The royal priesthood, a peculiar people. Come on, somebody. That's the reason to get excited today. God has set you apart for a work, a special job, a task that you have been chosen. The Bible says it was before time began. You were preordained. You were predestined for a work that is great. God has something incredible that only you can accomplish. I mean, you are a secret agent for the kingdom of heaven. Come on, somebody. That's the reason to get excited today. Okay, this half's excited. How about everybody over here? Are we excited too over here? Come on, that's the reason to get hyped. Three of you, praise God. That's okay. That's all right. Give me time. If you ain't shouting by the end of this sermon, you need to go get your oil checked. Listen, I am going to continue this series about the kingdom, and goodness gracious, boy, we have tapped into a third rail of the Spirit talking about the kingdom. Goodness gracious. We have, uh, we have really... Uh, messed up here, haven't we? We have, we have stepped into territory. We can't go back now. Now that we have this knowledge, now we, we've got to act on it. Now that we know what God's purpose and plan for his church are, boy, we've got to move forward. We've got to be effective for the kingdom, don't we? And so uh, I'm just going to kind of brush up on kind of what we've been talking about in case you haven't joined us. Uh, we've been talking about the kingdom. Uh, and in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus puts on a clinic talking about the kingdom of heaven, Matthew 13. Uh, And we're going to talk about some of the parables. We've been talking about the parables. We're going to keep talking about the parables because inside the parables are locked the knowledge. I shouldn't say locked, hidden. The knowledge of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is the consummate storyteller. He is the most incredible, prolific storyteller that has ever walked the face of the earth. And I love that he's a storyteller because he created the human anatomy. He knows what works. So here's what's funny. Jesus is telling stories 2,000 years ago to get it to lock into our memory. And we're just now finding out through science that if I tell you something, you have a 7% chance of remembering. If I paint a picture for you with my words you have a 60 to 70% chance of remembering. Now check this out. If I tell you a story that fits your life and I do it verbally, there is over a 95% chance you'll remember it. And Jesus is operating in this functionality in the New Testament, in the Gospels. Uh, Just another cool thing we'll talk about is that uh, Jesus has a... Jesus has, in the Gospels, uh, sometimes the stories are repetitive. Sometimes, uh, like the story I'll tell you today, the story of the mustard seed, the parable of the mustard seed, it is repeated in all three of the synaptic Gospels. But it's a little bit different. And it begs the question, why is it different? Now, here's what's interesting. A lot of people who are naysayers Say, oh, well, it contradicts itself because it tells me one thing here, another thing here, another thing here. No, 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 no. Let me, let me explain that. It's possible that if I tell three people in this room the same story and I ask you to go write it down, you will write down what impacted you the most about the story that I told. 
Does that make sense? Is it also a possibility, and I actually lean this direction, that Jesus told the parable more than once? That he told the parable more than once. And here's what's so powerful. Those of you who know my family, uh, I have two children and a Nora. <laughs> I have a five-year-old named Nora who is just, she's a Nora. I mean, it's just what she is. She's, she's her own breed and functionality of humanity. Just wild like her mother and just, right, just lots of energy. And if I was going to tell Nora a story, it would change drastically to how I would tell Maddie or Gabriel a story. Let's, for instance, if I was going to tell Nora about a football play that happened yesterday, my Razorbacks won again, God's on the throne, amen. Um, it takes God at this point for us to win. Um, so I would tell Nora, I would say, there is a football, it's shaped kind of like this. And there's gonna be a guy who reaches over, grabs it, hands it between his legs to another guy. That guy's gonna run around for a minute and he's gonna find somebody who can catch it and he's gonna throw that thing shaped like this to the guy down the field. And when that guy catches it, if he's at a certain location on the field, we call that a touchdown. If I was telling that same story to Gabriel, I'd say it was a pass play. And that would be sufficient, wouldn't it? So based on who I'm telling the story to, the story evolves based on the hearer of the story. And that's why I believe we get the three unique characteristics of the mustard seed story in each of the synaptic gospels. Because I believe that Jesus knows how to reach on an individual level. I believe that Jesus is so good at what he does that he can make his story fit even your life today. And that's what I'm gonna try to do. I'm gonna try to make the mustard seed story fit each and every one of our lives because I believe it does by nature. And hopefully after today, it will by word and deed as well. Let's hit a couple of uh, verses that we've been talking about. First, Matthew 6, 33. Been talking about this for this whole series. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all these things will be added unto you. Uh, we've been talking about the difference between access and things. Access and things. If uh, There's nothing wrong with having things, by the way. I want to make that clear. If you've got a lot of things, praise God. I'm happy for you. Share. I like things too. Um, but access is better. Access is better. If you come to my house and you take my TV, you have my thing, but you still don't have access to me. My daughter has access to me, Maddie. Um, she has access to my protective nature. If you, let's say a, a small to medium-sized black bear was to break in our house at night, Small to medium size, mind you. <laughs> you gotta have boundaries, you gotta have boundaries. Get certain size, we're all running. I'll run with you, with you, not away from you. Um, but she knows at a certain point, dad's gonna jump in and everything, including my life, will be put on the line for her, right? Let's think of another example, okay? She's in choir at the high school at CHS. Uh, has anybody else's kids started doing fundraising yet? Wow, stuff is just expensive now, isn't it? She came home and she was like, Dad, we're gonna get to sing at Disney World this December. I was like, yeah, high five. And she told me how much and I just went, ooh, <laughs> what? Things are just expensive. But she knows that we're gonna do the fundraising, we'll do everything we can. But at the end of the day, her access to me, 
I will be a contributor to her to get done what she dreams of doing because of her access to me. Access trumps possessions. Access is better than things. Seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. Seek to come in line with the access to the kingdom of God. It's better than getting the peripheral things. Amen. Next, Matthew 6.10. It says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. They asked Jesus, they said, boy, you're a powerful man. How, how are you accessing this authority? He goes, well, it's coming to me from heaven. And they said, well, tell us how you access this. He goes, it's in prayer. And he says, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on as it is in. There you go. It starts on earth. It starts on earth. I don't have time to preach that whole sermon again, but I'll tell you this. You have dominion on earth that even God desires. Hello? Hang on, hang on. I just I saw too much confusion. Let me clear this up. In Genesis... God said, let us make man in our image and let him have dominion. God gave mankind dominion on earth, which means that if he is God and the God of his word that we know him to be, once he gives it, it's God. There's no taking it back. So now God has given us dominion. That's why the enemy attacked the way he did and tried to connive so that way sin would manipulate and put a hook in us that could lead us away from God's will for our life. And that's why he sent Jesus, another person in a human earth suit, to take dominion back at the cross and to put the consequences of sin behind us. So here's the powerful thing. You have dominion on earth. And Jesus says, if you want to see heaven on earth, you gotta speak it into existence. Use your dominion to bring heaven to earth. It's a powerful concept. Are we all together? I want to make sure we're together because where I'm going today, we're going to build on this. I don't want anybody to be left behind because today we're going to have some fun. Uh, he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I love the way it always says on earth as it is in heaven. It says earth first. It starts with you. I said last week and I'll say it again. Uh, you aren't waiting on heaven. Heaven's waiting on you begin to function and operate uh, with the boldness that a believer should have. Speak things that aren't as though they were. That's what the scripture says. Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. Check this out. He says, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever Jesus binds on earth. Is that what it says? And whatever, who? Who? You, me, you, who, what? You, Whatever we, what's it say? Whatever we bind on will be bound in, and whatever I loose on will be loosed in. Are we following now? You have authority. You have license. They recently made me a chaplain of the Crestview Police Department. I got a uniform too. <laughs> Man, I put that uniform on and walk around my house for me. It felt good, too. I walked up and went and said, you're under arrest, beautiful. You're under arrest. <laughs> Man, I got a badge, a lanyard. I can get into all the doors at the police department. I'm telling you, I'm pretty important. I'm pretty important. 
But you know what they didn't give me? A police badge. They knew better. They knew better. I'd be pulling everybody over. Man, road rage. I'm like, you're under arrest. You're going to jail, buddy. You're never getting out. Driving like a moron. You're out of here. But here's the truth. Why didn't they give me that badge? I'm not prepared for that authority. I'm not equipped to function under that authority. I'm equipped to function under the authority of heaven. I'm a chaplain. I'm good. I know how to function under heaven's authority. Crestview laws, that's on the police and our our leadership and our government. I can't function under that. I don't know that. But as a child of God, you have a license. You have dominion. You've been given dominion. You've been given authority. You've been given a license to perform and function as an emissary of heaven. Right? And how do you function in that? How do you operate in that? Whatever you bind on earth, be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, it'll be loosed in heaven. Let me go a little bit deeper just for a second. If I arrest somebody in Crestview, they're not really under arrest. I'm just a chaplain. I say, that's it. Jess, you're under arrest. You're under arrest. Let me try a different way. You're under arrest. (laughs) No matter how I hold my pinky, it's not going to happen. She's not under arrest. I don't have the authority. But if I say sickness, I bind you in the name of Jesus. Oh, now something's under arrest. If I say I loose the joy of the Holy Ghost in this place, you better watch out because I got the license to function under that authority. Now something really is under arrest. Now something really has been loosed. Why? You see, when I'm talking about being arrested, everybody's laughing. But then I'm talking about loosing joy in here and everybody feels a spark in their spirit. Why? Because I have the authority to function in it. You are the same. You have the authority, baby. Come on, somebody. The Bible says you can speak things that aren't as though they were. Amen. Are you with me? Are we together? All right, let's keep moving. Matthew chapter 13, verse 31 and 32. Matthew chapter 13, say amen when you get there. Amen. Matthew 13, 31, 32. Jesus is laying the proverbial smackdown on the minds of the current day. and He's giving parables about the kingdom of heaven. He's giving explanations that fit that day and age to explain the characteristics and the nature of the kingdom of heaven. And it starts this way. It says, the kingdom of heaven is like. Pause right there for a second. He is giving us, some of my teachers, what is a comparison using like or a what? A what? A comparison using like or, okay, stay with me here. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, not just any mustard seed, a mustard seed which a man took and sowed in his field. He sowed it in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds, but when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs, becomes a tree so that the birds of the air can come and nest in its branches. 
So it goes from a seed, surpasses the size of an herb, goes from a bush, can even become a tree so big that more than one bird can nest in it. Okay, this is interesting. The only problem is, is that the two things when you look up a mustard seed is it's not the smallest of all seeds. It's not the smallest. And it only rarely becomes a tree. Rarely becomes a tree. But Jesus said that the kingdom is like a mustard seed. And he says, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all the seeds. But watch this, watch this. Here's, here's a little, here's the secret number one to a mustard seed. When it grows. If you were like in, in, in the, 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 the stuff that I've planted, it'd be like, and if it grows. But here's what he says. He says, when it grows. I, I brought something very dangerous. Now, I'm a chaplain, trust me. I brought something very dangerous and volatile with me to church. It's explosive in nature and can absolutely change whatever it touches. Does that remind us of anything we talked about last week? Ooh, who said yeast? You said yeast? You listened last week. Now, don't be afraid. I'm trying not to. I'm a chaplain. Changes everything. Changes everything. Trust me, my wife's tired of hearing it. She's like, oh, you're a chaplain? Okay, good. Hold out your hand. I want to warn you. This is explosive. Be careful. Once I put this in your hand, it's yours. I don't want it back. I want to apologize in advance. Good. Okay. okay, you ready? Yes. Mustard seed. Mustard seed. I gave her three seeds. Three seeds. Right here. Thousands. They're so small. Come here, Janice. Warning. Explosive in nature. I'm a chaplain. Okay. Kelsey? Careful. Okay, mustard seed. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. I think seed, I think. Stick it in some dirt. Something may happen. No, 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 no. We're talking mustard seed here, people. A characteristic of mustard seed is that it can take root on a dry piece of dirt. It can grow in rock. It can grow in sand. It can grow in soil. It can grow, if it rains, right there it will sprout. What Jesus is saying is the kingdom of heaven, irrelevant of where you drop it, 
does not change the power of the kingdom of God. Wherever you take it, it has power. It's not the soil. It's in the seed. Now check this out. Jesus begins to tell us, it's like a man who sowed it in his field. Careful. Wherever you take that, it's going to make an impact. Careful, church. Wherever you function according to your kingdom's purpose, things are going to change. Why? Danger. There's power in the seed. Jesus is telling the people of his time that the kingdom of heaven is so potent that you can trust its efficacy everywhere. It's not based on where it drops. It will begin to function no matter where it's at. And Jesus said, it's like a mustard seed that a man planted where? In his field. In his territory. Where he resides. Jesus is saying, this is where you should function for the kingdom. Right where I've planted you. So how do we function? How do we drop the seed? First, you got to know what the seed is. In John, Gabe, pull up my verse that's in John. He talks about a seed. He says, very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces a few, how many? Seeds. Get ready. What Jesus is saying and what he walked out with his life is that you are most effective when you die to yourself. When it becomes about the kingdom's business more than it's about your business, look out. Look out. You're about to change some things. Here's another characteristic about a mustard seed. Is that a mustard seed will start yielding seed 40 days after it's planted. I plant this one, 40 days from now, it's dropping its own seed. They don't just grow. They are called an invasive species. Jen, when we went to Africa, when they checked our bags, and Lord, did they check our every time. I feel like they checked our bags every time we turned around. You know what they were looking for? Careful. If I mess around and drop this stuff here in Africa, whether they want it or not, baby, mustard plants are coming let me, let me put this in Christianese. No matter where I go, when I am functioning in my fullness as a believer, whether they want it or not, whether they're ready or not, whether they understand it or not, they're about to see some kingdom take root. Ready or not, baby? Here we come. When believers are functioning 
at their utmost. How do we function at our utmost? But if it dies, wow. Is that anybody else like that right now? That just washed over me completely different. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Many seeds. I got enough seeds in here to give each person in here probably 50 to 100. I mean, and they're just, they're just nothing. It's like smaller than grains of pepper. It's just, you try to cross a border with one of these, they'll take you in a room and do things to you that are not appropriate. <laughs> they try to find these things. Am I lying, Jim? When you cross over a border, they don't want you bringing invasive species. But see, that's the problem with Christianity. We've been called to cross borders with an invasive species. We've been called to go behind enemy lines and step into territories to take back prisoners of war. We take our invasive species of the kingdom of God and we take it and we go behind enemy lines and we say, ready or not, the kingdom is here. Why? Because you're a carrier of the kingdom. And where you are, the kingdom is. Oh, you missed that. I said, where you are, the kingdom is. My gosh, get that, get that. You let that sink in, man. Let, let that just sizzle in your spirit for a minute. Just let it just, just get that. Because see, when Jesus comes in your heart, something shifts. You ain't yourself anymore. You wouldn't like me before I knew Jesus. Man, I was a hate monger, money chasing, people using. Well, I was sorry, man. I, I had this whole thing. I had it all backwards. I had things valued more than people. And the kingdom says, no, you got it all wrong. Seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. Align yourself with the scripture. How will they know you're a Christian? The scripture says in John, and they shall know you according to your love for one another. You see, this world is not about love right now. It's about division. So if you really want to stand out as a believer, it starts with your love for others. How do you treat people that can do nothing for you? How, how do you treat the waitress at the table? How, how, how do you teach the student that in your class that may not look like the rest of the students or act like the rest of the students? How do you treat that one employee that just is a little off and we all got them, right? How, how, how do you treat that person that you may never see again? And they can add nothing to you of earthly value because the scripture says how you treat others is how people will know that you are an invasive species. You see, the reason why they call it an invasive species is because there's an invasion that's taking place, Jerry. There's an invasion, Patricia. There's an invasion. I have stepped into territory that's not mine. But I'm still going to function. Because where an invasive species goes, it's my house now. But you said this was your heart. 
Not anymore. Why? Because I'm an emissary of a different kingdom. So I step into your colony and I start acting like I act. And I start putting seeds on your ground and it grows what I want it to grow. Whose ground is it? That's mustard ground, baby. That's kingdom ground now. Here's what I want you to see. How you treat people matters to God. Jesus said this, if a man claims to love God, but hates his brother, he's a liar. You can't love God and hate people. It's not possible. Your hater is disconnected. And now your pump station pumps a love for other people. I, 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 I got on two planes this week, flew halfway across the country, and they had a, uh, my parents picked me up in a car in Little Rock, and we drove several hundred miles to a town called Branson, Missouri, to go to a funeral of a friend that I have not seen in 20 years. Do you know why? Because she showed me kindness in a time of my life where nobody else did. Make no mistake. People won't remember what we say. They will never forget how we made them feel. You see, this whole thing about mustard seed, people think it's about taking territory and dominion and salvation and all this and, 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 and growing the kingdom by preaching and teaching and this. People don't care what you're saying until they know that you care. You know how I know? One of y'all, don't do this, could get a bullhorn and stand out here at the corner of 85 and 90 and all day long, you're going to hell. Jesus loves you and if you don't get right, it's not gonna work out for you. Get your fire insurance at Hope City Church. It's ineffective. It's ineffective. But if I stand out there on 85 and 90, and I just hold a sign up that says, we love you. Man, people will honk, cheer, wave. Why? Because we're an invasive species. We're, we're, we're not like the world. You see, the world and its character and its nature is judgmental. It's coarse, it's, it's angry, it's, 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 it's salacious. It's, it's all the things that God has called us to be alternative to now. So if I'm going to make an impact as an invasive species and I know I've got to make a difference, what's the best way for me to let my light shine and let people know that I love them. It's hidden in how I treat them. I wish I could tell you that standing up at work tomorrow and saying, get saved, the kingdom of heaven is here. That would work. Boy, that'd be easy, wouldn't it? Everybody in here, I believe you'd do it. Don't do it. I believe you would do it. But it's more complex than that. 
It's more beautiful than that. Jesus says, and buy this. Buy this one thing. They'll know you're mine. How you love them will speak the language of the kingdom. You see, our invasive species is not mustard seed. It's love. Oh, look out, baby. Look out now. You start loving people. You start valuing people. You will find that you will be granted access to the craziest parts of their life almost instantly. If people know you care, they will share their darkest secret with you. If people know they can trust you, man, they'll lean on you in their hardest times. But they have to know you care. They have to know. That's our seed. You see, that's the only thing that's guaranteed to take root is love. That's it. For God so, now you're catching on. Now you're getting it. So, love. Did y'all know Shoney's is still a thing? Shoney's? You ever been to a Shoney's? Long time ago, right? So we go to this town called Branson, Missouri. Branson, Missouri is like Gatlinburg, Tennessee, but with less teeth. You'll get that later. We get up the first morning we're there. It's the day of the funeral. My dad says, where are you going to go for breakfast? I said, man, I hadn't been here in 20 years. I don't even know what's, what's available and what's not. And he goes, when we go to Shoney's, I went, you got a time machine? How are we going to Shoney's? <laughs> I haven't been to a Shoney's since 87. I'm like, what? <laughs> Shoney's, okay, well, let's go for it. And we drive up, and sure enough, it's still there. Same logo, the teddy bear, all of it. The cake, the square cake, the chocolate, vanilla ice cream, chocolate cake, still there. It's like in a time warp. It's like it's just there. If you've lost your Shoney's, I know where you can find it. <laughs> we go in Shoney's. And nothing has changed. There's still a breakfast buffet. Come on, somebody. Who's hungry? Mm. Breakfast buffets, gravy, biscuits, bacon. Hallelujah. The, uh, I got to hurry. I'm getting hungry. We go in. And Lisa says, how many? There's three of us. It's mom, dad, and me. We go and they set us in an area of the restaurant that is being served by a lady named Chris. Chris had a rough life for the past few years. She was in a bad accident. Caused all sort of back problems and sciatica, left leg going numb, causing her to fall, causing issues. Uh, her doctor thinks that she should have a surgery. But she doesn't feel peace about that because she won't be able to wait tables anymore or meet the needs of her family because that's what she's always done is wait tables. And if she has this fusion surgery, it will limit her capability to serve others, therefore limiting her capability to earn. How did I find that out? By treating her like a decent human being would. By asking her, how's your day? And actually meaning it. By looking at her in her eyes when I'm speaking to her. And I could tell she's used to people giving her just the standard human business. How's your day? My husband, my husband. And I said, no, really, how's your day? 
And she just froze for a second. She froze because an invasive species, this isn't like the plants that were here yesterday. Something is different about this plant. This is a kingdom plant. And she don't know it yet. So I'm sitting there, I said, no, really, how's your day? And she begins to tell me I'm, I'm in a lot of pain. I said, you know what? I said, I, I had a major back surgery in 2016. I can relate. I know the pain. I said, I, I fell one time in Target. I said, my wife laughed at me. It's no fun. And, uh, and she said, you'll learn a lot about your mom over the next few years. And I said, I, said, I, have, I have not just sympathy, I have empathy. I know what it is not to be able to get out of bed in the morning because you're in so much pain. I said, I want you to know. I said, I'll be praying for you. And I said, because when doctors couldn't do anything for me, my prayer was enough. And I'll pray the same prayers for you that I prayed for myself. She goes, boy, I sure appreciate it. And then my dad, my dad's sitting there. You can't talk about God without my dad getting charged up. My dad says, speaking of God, When's the last time somebody told you that God was crazy in love with you? And she just locked up. She said, it's, it's been a long time. He scooted on the edge of his chair and he said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Every person that's a believer should remind you of that every day that you are loved by the king. He loves you. And then my dad began to just slowly peel back the layers of her life. And he began to love her just with his words and with the scripture. And he just encouraged her. Well, we, we finish up eating and she hugs our neck and everything's great. And we leave. And the next morning, my dad says, where do you want to go for breakfast? I said, I enjoyed that dad gum buffet yesterday. That was amazing. <laughs> I said, let's go back to Shoney's. He goes, great, we'll go back to Shoney's. go back to Shoney's. We go in, today, this day, they set us in a lady named Tammy's section. The problem is, is that Chris is on the clock. And Chris sees us from across the restaurant, and she's got a handful of food. And she walks it over, and she sits it on the table. She turns and sees us sitting down. She goes, my back feels a lot better today. She runs over and she goes, what y'all's day look like? What are y'all going to do today? Are y'all going to be here tomorrow? Tell me what you got going on. I'm just, I'm going to tell you, I'm having the best day. And her entire demeanor shifted. Why? Because the kingdom was taking root. All you have to do is drop a little bit of seed. It's not on you to make it take root. That's God's problem, not yours. Drop some seed, baby. Drop some seed. Make it come to life today. How? Loving your fellow man. You just fall in love with people. You see, when you love somebody, you love what they love. I love Wendy, so I love NCIS. I don't, but I do, you know. I love Wendy, so I eat way too much Mexican food. 
I love what she loves. I love him. So I love who he loves. For God so loved. I love what he loves. He said, don't claim to love me and hate people. Because you love what I love. Oh, you're not a part of me. How do you treat the least among us? What do you do for the person that can never reciprocate? You were that person to God. You could never buy his grace. You could never earn his passion. You could never deserve his son on a cross. But he loved you. While we were yet sinners, Christ died on the cross for us. Now don't leave here and cop out on me. See, let me tell you what, let me tell you what we Christians are real bad about. Can I have three more minutes? Three more minutes? This is what we Christians are bad about. Well, I didn't like the way they were treating me at the office, so I'm not going to throw my pearl to swine. I don't like the way she looked at me. So I think I'll just mm -hmm, keep myself over here. Ain't going to be no drama. If I don't start no drama, I'm going to stay over here in my lane. Right? No, that's how we talk as believers. Can you imagine if God had that personality toward us? He'd look down at me and said, his life is a mess. Why would I send my son to be nailed to a cross for that mess? Instead, he said, I have the answer for that mess. You see the office that you have anxiety to walk in? You're the invasive species that's there to change it. Love them anyway. Well, you don't know how they look at me and the things they say at the water cooler that I've heard because Karen said that when I'm not around, I'm the one they talk about. Love them anyway. You have been sent as an emissary of the kingdom of heaven. Love them anyway. God loved you anyway. Now you take the seed that was so freely sprinkled in your world and you go behind enemy lines and you love them anyway. Nate, we gotta love them anyway. If we don't, there's no backup. There's not another God waiting with another son. It's us or it's nobody. We are the last resort for mankind. We are ambassadors 
and emissaries of the kingdom of God. And we have been sent here to bind up the brokenhearted because that was dad's business and that's our business. Amen. That's just my game. That's just your game. You have been given an issue of grace, my God. Grace, it just, the song is right. It just flows like a river. It just, it just, it just keeps pouring out. And you've received it freely, so dad, go give some away. Just give it away. That's what Jesus is saying. It's nothing. It's, I can make more tomorrow, he says. My grace is sufficient for your need. If people are cruel to you, keep loving them anyway. I'll make more grace for you. It just, it flows out of me. And if you're with me, you'll have plenty of it. Go give some away. Faith. To trust God enough. To give to people what they may not reciprocate yet. Are you kidding? That's just our game. Nate, that's what daddy did. That's what we'll do. If he did it for you, you can turn and do it for somebody else. Amen. Get on your feet. I want to bless you. Is God good? Is he good or is he good? The kingdom of heaven is like mustard seed. It's dangerous. Wherever it's sprinkled, it takes root. It takes over. Wherever you go, you'll take over with your kindness. You'll take and conquer hearts by loving people. They won't even realize that the invasiveness of heaven has taken root in their heart. You'll just love them and then one day a window of opportunity will open and they'll go to where they feel the most love, which hopefully is you. And when they come to you and they say, my world's falling apart, you say, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that. Can I tell you what put my world back together? And then the opportunity opens and it's not weird. It's organic and it's rich and it's precious. And you have just been given their heart on a silver platter to share the goodness of God. And they came to you. You didn't go to them. The world is starving for mustard. It's starving for us to love. Go and love people. I charge you as a body of believers to go and be lovers of humanity. Love what God loves. Amen? Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the kingdom. I thank you, Lord, for the understanding, the revelation that we're coming into. You are revealing your nature and your characteristics and your purpose to us. On a daily basis, by getting in your word, we get to know you. We get to know us, why we were created, 
Lord, they ask you to simplify your kingdom, and you said it's simple. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor. Do those two things. Father, we love you, but help us. Help us to love our fellow man, to love them all the way to you, to be that invasive species that our love is just sprinkled everywhere, just loving people. Irrelevant of what they can or cannot do for us, they get the same love, the same care, the same focus, the same attention. Help us to be that people. And I know you'll be faithful in that. Bless us and keep us. Be gracious to us and show us your favor. Make your face shine upon us and give us peace both now and forevermore. Cover us with the precious blood of Jesus from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. I thank you that no weapon that's formed against us will prosper, not even our own selfishness or short-sightedness. Help us to be kingdom-minded this week and help us to remind somebody that they are loved, not just by us, but by you as well. And we'll give you the praise for it. Bring us back next week with more wisdom, more insight, more revelation in your word. And we'll give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said, amen. We love you, we bless you, and we'll see you next week. For more information about Hope City Community Church, visit www.hopecitycc.com. Until next time.